This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, come on in. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings on on this Monday from Studio B. A pretty exciting weekend, wasn't it? And so, therefore, we're ready to go on this uh, new week of podcasts, which we'll be bouncing all around once again. We'll be in San Antonio, Texas later in the week, and we'll be talking about going to the East Coast and whatnot. But, gosh, we got to reflect back on a, uh, a big weekend in sports, a big weekend in people's lives. We have Saints news to talk about today, and we're going to have a great conversation with Mike Breen as well. But the conversation begins this morning with Bree from the Pelicans dance team, who Good is uh, fresh off of a win <laughs> or a loss on Pelicans dance team night. Um, it was really t- a tough loss for us. You were the blue team then, weren't you? I was. No, we were the red team. You were the red team. Uh-huh. See, I can't even remember um, but, but, you know, I've always wanted to do the build a sandwich contest. That was my role, to finish out the race with the build a sandwich contest. And we were just so far behind that I knew that I wouldn't get to build a sandwich. So I just looked over to Kenny, who was on the headset, and I was like, I'm about to just go. And he was like, do it. So I started running way before I should have. Yeah, I saw the illegal move. <laughs> I know. I mean, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. So. Isn't it ironic? What would you say the average age of the Pelicans dance team is? Um, Probably about 22. That's what I thought. Isn't it ironic that the whole thing balanced on a game of flip cup? I know. I mean, it was lost it, it by your team something. on flip cup. That which says something is about right the in the team. wheelhouse of your age group. <laughs> yep, yeah, definitely. I did. I did find it very New Orleans that we could incorporate a drinking game <laughs> into the Pelicans dance team Olympics. Well, we were trying to switch it up a little bit and do something different than we've done in previous years. Yes. So it was a big night on Saturday uh, with uh, regards to uh, Pelicans dance team night. They gave out the the annual poster, which I, yeah. I heard got good reviews. Did you reviews. get your autograph coffee? Copy I, did not, I did not have an autograph copy. <laughs> Well, we'll get you one. Okay. But, well, I don't know, because I do have a bone to pick with you. Whoa, hold on. We haven't (laughs) even started yet. (laughs) I know, but I was listening to last week's Black and Blue Report. Probably Daniel was hosting. No. No. You were hosting with Tremera, and I believe you told her that she was your favorite Pelicans dancer. I'll need to hear some tape. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure we have plenty of tape of that. Probably is tape. Yeah. Um, so hmm. what's up with that? <laughs> no, I won't go Mike Shashevsky. That's Doug Tatum now piling on in the corner here in <laughs> Studio B. Did I say that? I think so. Or maybe you said one of your favorite because you were really. I probably you, said one of my really favorites. You were really thinking about Because I, I think I'm smarter than that. <laughs> okay. I'll let it slide if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm married. <laughs> I have two kids. It'd be like, it'd be like saying you know, that I have a favorite kid. Oh. Not that I'm saying that Pelicans dance team members are like my kids, but I knew that you'd be here this week, right? Yeah. And you'd here stick it to me here if I... <laughs> You're both crazy. Maybe you just thought I wouldn't be listening. Well, there's that You true. said don't tell anybody. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble, aren't I? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Now, do <laughs> I have to, like, you know, mea culpa and everything, or... Do you have to step up and beat Tremere out? 
Uh, I don't think I need to step up anything. I mean, I'm the I'm the grandma on the team. I've been around for seven seasons. I know the ins and outs. Seven seasons. Yep. Aren't you worn <laughs> out by now? Not at all. I mean, I I can tell that I'm not as ripe as I used to be back when right. I was That's a good choice back when I was 19 on the dance team. Um, oh my gosh, I just told y'all my age, kind of. But yeah. Um, but other you than did. that. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I still have a great time every year. You know, it's different. I still haven't figured out how you all balance the schedule. It's crazy. I, don't I really still haven't figured that all out. I don't either, honestly. I mean, I just live by my calendar. So if I don't put it in my calendar, I won't I won't be there. I won't do it. You know, you yeah. got to you got to have a certain level of organization and prioritizing. I mean, when you sit there and you sign that contract, 41 games. Mm-hmm. Plus appearances, mm-hmm. plus a couple times a week going to practice. Yep. How many times a week? Two times a week normally, um, unless we need to add a weekend practice, but that's really rare. Plus hold down a job and or go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's For great. how it's... much? Like nothing. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. We have awesome sponsors, though, so that's a good little perk. As well as just being able to have the experience of being on the court. Everybody knows the Paula Abdul story. Laker girls launched her career, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Okay. How many Pelicans dance team members slash, I guess you'd have to go back to the Honeybees days, Mm -hmm. do you know that were able to use that to launch something with regard to their career? And it doesn't have to be entertainment. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm running back all of my previous teammates to try to think I mean I want us they have definitely given us a lot of opportunities with movies especially with the film industry moving down here Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's made it big yet um, but I mean I've been able to do Hot Tub Time Machine 2 a couple other different awesome movies that I've been patched our coach gets contacted and she passed it down I mean they did Daddy's Home last year right um so other than that i mean who knows maybe i'll be the first who took the ball in the face by the way it was okay everyone thinks that was yeah that was a stunt double she apparently does women's wrestling or something like that um but she uh looks exactly like one of our teammates from last year on the team so everybody thought that it was her but it's not it was a stunt girl trade secret right there (laughs) yeah wasn't there a Danity Kane, like a, a girl singing group? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Dawn on Danity Kane. Okay. Yeah. All she. Right. I remember apparently there was a story about her where the national anthem pulled out at the last minute on game day. And so someone came running into the locker room asking if anybody could sing the national anthem. And nobody knew at the time that she could sing. But she just volunteered and she was like, okay, I'll do it. And she sang it and it apparently blew everyone's minds away. So that's that. She's come to a game before. We have a picture of her. Okay, she met us in New York one time. Oh, really? I can't remember where we were staying. All of a sudden, there she was in the lobby with her, her new group, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. It was holy cow. That's awesome. There yeah. was one broadcaster who misspoke, and instead of calling him Danity Kane, he said Big Daddy Kane, which was a <laughs> rapper from the '80s, by the way, <laughs> to show you how out of touch we are. Um, and that's a whole other story. That's so you so had a good funny. weekend, though. Yeah, I had a great weekend. Good Easter. Easter was great. My entire family came into town. I was hosting about 11 family members because they all came for Easter and PDT night. 
So it was a fun PDT, Pelicans dance team night. Yes, Pelicans I, yeah, dance team right. night. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you boil crawfish? I didn't. It was I, really I gross outside yesterday. People still did it. I know. It's crazy. I, I don't like the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough rain. <laughs> yeah. And there's more coming later in the week. There's your weather forecast on the uh, Black and Blue Report. <laughs> Final Four is all set. Uh, did you do a bracket? I think I asked you this already, didn't I? I didn't do a bracket, but I was pulling for Kentucky. They got knocked <laughs> yeah, out. That was like two weeks ago. I know. They got knocked out a while ago. Um, you know, but I, I think I'm going to go for UNC. Just the number one seed. The only one remaining. <laughs> yeah. You're smart. I'll give you that. You listen to Black and Blue Report, no one to trip me up, and you're smart about your basketball. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good Final Four. I think the whole tournament's been really good. So, um, And, of course, and I can't name names because of, of who I work for, but there are a couple of players to watch here in the Final Four coming up that may play into possibly the Pelicans' future. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I know. We're, unfortunately, we're talking about the lottery with the Pelicans right now. They did lose on Pelicans' dance team night. Yeah. Um, Tough loss. Home tonight against the New York Knicks. I love when New York comes to town. There's something about it, even when the Knicks stink. Um, tonight won't be a marquee matchup in the NBA, but it's still one of the remaining few home games. You've got to see the team. Uh, there are 10 games to go uh, coming up, starting with tonight. I'm trying to count home games here. I'm looking at the schedule on the wall. Five, Daniel says. Five, that's it? You're down to it on the Pelicans wow. dance team side. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll be cheering on the Pelicans tonight. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Pelicans um, tonight. Um, and then we have two more games this week, a home, another home game and an away game. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about going to San Antonio. I know. <laughs> for They're more a tough reasons one. than one. Yeah. And just, <laughs> uh, but you know what? There's some San Antonio ties around here that I just need to lay off on what I'm going to say about San Antonio. But I love their organization. Oh, yeah. And they're really good. <laughs> and we're not right now. Yeah, true. One of my really good friends is a Spurs silver dancer. So oh, that's really? cool. A little trash talk going on there? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. I mean, they get to wear cool little chaps. So that's fun. We I always look at the uniforms. Sorry. I can't go down that road today. <laughs> um, so the final four is set. And then, of course, um, the fairgrounds wrapped up this past weekend. Big news for GMB Racing, Mr. and Mrs. Tom Benson. Uh, no win for either Mo Tom or Tom's Ready, but both. At the moment, have enough points to go to the Kentucky Derby. Huge second-place finish for Dallas Stewart, and uh, Tom's ready. Uh, a little bit of a disappointment with Mo Tom, but if you take the body of work, I think that I know there are seven points races left uh, to qualify for the Kentucky Derby, but if you look back at last year's field of 20, the, 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 the 20th or the lowest-ranked horse going into the Derby had 30 points, and okay. Mo Tom is right above that. So if we're going to base it off last year, it looks like both horses will be Ready to go. That's exciting. I got to get my big hat ready. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you know, um, you got to have a hat for the Derby, right? I know. And I just Manjula. bought one too. Perfect. Are you going to go? Are you going to go up to Louisville? No. <laughs> no. You can have a Derby Not party in the around plans. here. So we had that over the weekend, um, and you know, I just I thought it was a great weekend. This is a great time of the year. So, with that being said, we'll take a break here in just a second. More with Bree coming up later in the show. Because um, I want to ask you about Pelican's Planner. Mm -hmm. You did that today already, right? Yep. Lined up for the week. Um, you have a lot of stuff on your lap over there. Uh, paperwork. <laughs> it's just. I feel like there's more coming my way, and I'm. <laughs> I I'm mean, not very prepared today. Oh, you sound very prepared. 
This is just my preparation. Okay. Let's talk about Nick Fairley when we get back uh, after Mike Breen's conversation. That's a big free agent signing. And I have a little bit of a soapbox to stand on, too, before we get out of here on this Monday. Nothing don't to do don't with look you. at me like no, that. No, no, just <laughs> you're co-hosting, so I'm, I'm looking your way. Okay. I'm not looking <laughs> at you for that. All right, Mike Breen in just a moment. Television voice of the New York Knicks, obviously the lead voice for the NBA on ABC and ESPN. It's a great get for us on this Monday. This show is all about great conversation, and we're going to have just that here with Mike in, like, what, 90 seconds. Stay with us. Josh Groban. On stage, Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square, featuring songs from his new album, Stages, as well as his classic hits, with very special guest, Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. Your New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack. Presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley's throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guys Night Out on Thursday, March 31st against the Denver Nuggets. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans and Knicks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. It's always a treat when we get Mike Breen on. He's, of course, the lead television voice for the New York Knicks. Most people around here would know him, of course, as the lead television voice for the NBA on ABC and ESPN. Mike, welcome back to town. Happy Easter to you and yours. Sean, thanks. Uh, always nice to be back, uh, although I, I know both franchises were, were hoping things were going to be a little different at this time of year, but such is life in the NBA. Well, you're not kidding. Fill in the blank here for me, Mike. The New York Knicks are? Uh, hmm. How long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. I know we both would probably have interesting you know, answers. They're, they're a team that's, that's, that's really disappointed in how the second half of the season went. Uh, but also has hope because they feel they have a young star that they drafted this year who could be a franchise player someday. How about that? Perfect. It's the perfect lead into the next question. What what should NBA fans in this city uh, look for or want to see in Chris Stapp's Porzingis when they go to the Smoothie King Center tonight? He has, for a, for a 20-year-old from Latvia, uh, he has tremendous poise and intangibles. Uh, you know, the average fan is going to be able to see 7-3. He's got skills. You know, he's got athleticism. He can shoot the three. He can put it on the floor. He can block shots. Um, he has a, a really uh, inane instinct, uh, an instinctive feel for the game. Um, 
And I think, you know, all those things are recognizable to, to anybody who watches them. What, what you see behind the scenes is how poised he is, how he's been able to handle the New York pressure, uh, and just his, his basketball IQ for such a young player who comes again from Latvia. Let's face it, there's not been a lot of players from Latvia playing in the NBA. So uh, I think the intangibles, the poise, the maturity, uh, in addition to all the obvious stuff in terms of basketball skills, is, uh, is the complete package. Dirk Nowitzki would be the international player that I would look to most as far as making that transition from great talent to great talent and leading a franchise. Um, are there any parallels personality-wise between those two guys? Does Porzingis have the ability to translate being an international guy to perhaps being the future franchise leader for the Knicks? Well, it's, it's, it's way too early to, to, to do any kind of comparison with him and Dirk from a player standpoint. Dirk's going to go down as one of the all-time greats, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but looking back at his rookie year, uh, you can see that um, – even Dirk, like Dirk, struggled his rookie year. His rookie year, he didn't even feel like maybe he he didn't want to he didn't want to go up. It was the lockout year, and he didn't necessarily want to play. He didn't think he was ready, and he didn't play particularly well. Uh, Porzingis has actually had a better rookie year than Dirk did. Now that's not to say that he's going to have a career like Dirk, mm-hmm. um, but I think Porzingis is more ready-made in terms of dealing with the culture, dealing with the language. Um, I, I, I tell the story a lot, Sean. Porzingis' brother, Giannis, uh, played over in Europe for a number of years, was a good player until a knee injury kind of curtailed his career. And he's uh, Porzingis' idol. And he had Porzingis watch a lot of tapes of players, like most people do. But he also had him watch tapes of press conferences of players on how to handle the press and how to deal with the questions. And I, I think that's ingenious, especially from somebody coming – from a place like Latvia who, who might be overwhelmed by the media. And that's, that's a part of, I mean, you know as well as anybody, that, that's a part of, of the whole dealing with, with being an NBA player, especially under the spotlight in New York for a guy that's being talked about. So um, he's ahead of the game from that standpoint from a lot of European players. Wow, that's a great, great story. Um, speaking of stories, what's the Carmelo Anthony story right now, Mike? And when you travel the country, is he still the draw that he once was? Yeah, no, I, I mean, he's still, he's still going on the road. There's a lot of Carmelo jerseys. Uh, he's still one of the more popular players in the league just because he's been always been such a great scorer. This year, Sean, um, now this is his sixth year with the Knicks. It's his best all-around season, believe it or mm-hmm. not, in a, in a season that's been a disappointment. Even, I think, better than the year he, he led them in scoring because he's played the complete game. You know, he doesn't have the, the, the team around them that he did when they won 54 games a few years ago. But he has, he's got a career high in assists. He's close to a career high in rebounds. Uh, he's played more committed defense than I've ever seen him play. Um, and he's been a great mentor to Porzingis. So in many ways, I, I think it's one of his finest seasons. It's ending in disappointment, but it's one of his finest seasons. And he has maintained all along, even though he has the no-trade clause and could easily leave to go to a contender, that he wants to stick it out now. Could that change this summer if he doesn't like who the coach is next year or he doesn't like who they signed or if they don't sign anybody? Certainly a possibility, but he has maintained all along he wants to stay. Nick's and Pelicans tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, staying with Carmelo, Mike, do you, do you look into the whole next super team theory right now, whether it be LeBron and Chris Paul and Carmelo? How, how real is that conversation in your eyes? 
You know what? I, I wouldn't put it past these guys, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I, I think it would be more towards like, you know, each of their last years in the league when, when you know, they have a year or two left and they want to get together. Uh, because I just, first of all, financially, even with the salary cap getting bigger, it would be almost impossible to do. And they all say they'd take a pay cut, but as we know, saying it and doing it are two different things. Um, but I do think, Sean, there's there's a real genuine friendship uh, with all those guys. And I think a lot of it has to do, and I'm not going to get out the violin for these guys. They're paid an, an obscene amount of money, and they've got everything they could want. But sometimes it's not easy being under the spotlight every day, and they really relate to each other that way, and they kind of help each other. Uh, so there's there's a genuine bond that's formed uh, during the Olympic Games and, and in the off season. So I, I think they would really like to do it. Whether or not they can pull it off might be difficult, especially in the next couple of years. Yeah, okay. Uh, last next question real quick. Is Kurt Rambis the head coach of the next second season? I, I don't know. I think he's got a real shot. Um, uh, Phil Jackson obviously – has a strong bond with him and a strong relationship. Uh, but I think, and Carmelo Anthony said this, he says, hey, he, Kurt Rambis deserves to be considered, but Phil Jackson needs to talk to the other good candidates who are out there. And I think that, that's what has to happen as well. I mean, I, you're not doing your due diligence if you don't at least to talk uh, to the Tom Thibodeaus and the Scott Brooks and the Jeff Van Gundys and the Mark Jackson. I think you've got to talk to those guys and then you see. Uh, so I, I think that's you know that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question uh, for them in the off season. It's outstanding, uh, Mike. On a national scope here, do you do you have any doubt that Golden State will win seventy-three? Uh, and if you do, why? A lot depends on how Kerr, Steve Kerr plays it. Um, you know, because they still do play the Spurs twice. Who who knows? what Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr will do in those games. But I think it's, it's fairly obvious that, that the team really wants that record. And they've gotten over most of the difficult ones. They still have a game in San Antonio. They play them twice, one in, one in Oakland as well. And there's a couple of tough games. They've got a tough game this week um, in Utah. So, you know, they get past it. I mean, what do they have to do now for the rest of the way? Is it 6-2 and two they have to go yeah. to break the record? Um, uh, or seven and two. One of the, I, I have my money on them. I think I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be able to get it done, which is is uh, just so incredible to be able to watch it all season. I know you've enjoyed it, and um, you know to see it not only a spectacular player like Curry, but to see a team that really plays so well together. They do, even though they have the couple of high, really high scores. They they share the ball. They're unselfish. Um, it's really been a joy to watch. There's no doubt. I, I'm I'm really excited about the postseason, obviously because of their story and San Antonio's and the bunching in the middle of the Eastern Conference. Mike, what what gets you excited about the the, the postseason here shortly that that you'll be, of course be a part of? You know, calling the national broadcasts. Well, what you said, um, and you know, when you have a when you have a Goliath. Uh, like Golden State right now, it, it's it's just riveting to see can anybody knock them off, and it's also it's obvious we're watching history. So to be able to watch history, this this team to you know have maybe the best regular season in the history of the league, and then go on and win a back-to-back championships would be an unbelievable accomplishment. Uh, but there's some teams out there that really think that they can beat them. OKC and the Clippers, and they might be delusional. They both think they can beat them. We know San Antonio thinks they can. Mm-hmm. But the other two really think that they can beat them. I, I just think it's going to be really hard 
for any team to beat them four times in a series. And the other, I think the other um, really compelling story is, is Cleveland because they've really been up and down, and, and LeBron James has put a tremendous amount of pressure on himself and on the team, um, championship or bust. I think they're going to have a lot harder time in the Eastern Conference uh, than, than a lot of people expect. There's no doubt about that. Hey, before I let you go, and Mike, I don't, I don't know what the ratings are and all that, but this, this Saturday night showcase on ABC is fantastic. Um, all the bells and whistles, the production value, the games, the, the matchups that you guys are getting. Um, are, are you having as much fun with that as I think fans are at this point? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, Sean, because I feel the same way. Um, and the, you said the key word is the matchups. Uh, the league and ESPN did an amazing job of getting the best matchups. And, you know, this year that pretty much says, all right, let's get Golden State on. Let's get uh, OKC or San Antonio, the Clippers, and Cleveland. You put those five teams on, and people really want to watch, and they've matched them up against some of the better teams, and it's it really has been so much fun. And I, I think, you know, for Saturday night, which was normally kind of a uh, an off night for the NBA, even though a lot of games – it really is. It's it's become the marquee matchup of the week, and it's been really fun to do. Is the light up three point line your favorite uh, little <laughs> toy? Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call it my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's something new. It's something new. Uh, Mike, get some rest. We'll see you tonight at the arena. And as always, we really appreciate the visit. Please keep up the uh, good work, and uh, we'll be following you here as we uh, progress into the best time of the year. Sean, right back at you, and I'll see you tonight, bud. All right, there he is. Mike Breen, of course, with the New York Knicks and, of course, ABC and ESPN. We'll take a break. When we come back, actually a little surprise for you. Dallas Stewart will be joining us after this. Your 2016-2017 Pelican season tickets are on sale now. Purchase your seats by March 31st and you can lock in our early bird pricing with lower bowl season tickets starting as low as $31 per game. Pelican season ticket holders have a chance to win great gifts as part of our parade of prizes, including autographed jerseys, trips with the team, and much, much more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats by March 31st and take advantage of this early bird deal. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Hey, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. You know, earlier we were talking about the Louisiana Derby. Actually, we're able to get Dallas Stewart on the line for us here on this Monday. Uh, that's a great get. And Dallas, congratulations. What a, what a fun time at, at the uh, Louisiana Derby on Saturday and a second-place finish for Tom's Ready, huh? Yes, absolutely. He's a very nice horse. And uh, like you said, he came out of it healthy and uh, – you know, we're looking forward for the fight for the Kentucky Derby. Are you surprised in any way as to what he showed us on Saturday? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. He, he trained very well after the Risen Star. Uh, he was uh, 
compromised a little bit going into the river story. He had a minor uh, foot foot issue, foot bruise, and we got through that. Uh, but we did miss a, a little bit of time with him. But uh, you miss any kind of time going into these big races. It seems to compromise, you know, your chances just a little bit. But uh, he came out of it very good. I thought he ran a great race. Um, you know, like I said, it's going to be a fight for the Derby. So we're going to get him in here tomorrow and get him prepared up, and hopefully he'll match up good. You're already in Kentucky, aren't you? Yes, sir. Wow. Hey, Gunrunner's a fantastic horse. Obviously, that horse won the uh, Louisiana Derby. Was there a moment in the race where it kind of there was a pivot point there as far as whether uh, Gunrunner or Tom's Ready would be able to get out in front and take the thing? Yeah, you know, he got in front, and we were trying to run him down. Uh, as he was passing the 16th pole, uh, approaching the wire probably about halfway uh, to the uh, to the wire, he uh, he switched leads. He went back to his left lead, and I thought that uh, that you know we would be able. Maybe you know when they do that, sometimes they slow down. But it, as he did it, we did it also. So uh, he outran us fair and square. Uh, he's a, like you said, a very nice horse, and uh, we'll just have to be. We need to find a way to be about ten lengths better. Eight ten, links better or something like that. Ten links better in a little bit of a longer run. You know full well about the mile and a quarter. What will? What about that distance will serve Tom's ready? Yeah, I think it will serve him well. He, uh, he he needs to place himself well, you know, just like he did uh, in the Louisiana Derby and uh, get in some position coming by the grandstand the first turn. Uh, post position draws uh you know, you don't want to be down in the one, two, three hole if you can help it. One, two hole, because uh, you kind of get buried down in there unless you've got a speed horse. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll draw a little bit outside. We'll just have to wait and see on Wednesday before the Derby. But, uh, you know, he needs to place him well, uh, sit, in a, sit in a stalking position, and uh, bring him home from there. No doubt. Um, was Commanding Curve your last horse in the Derby, Dallas? you got to help me on my, my, my memory here. Yes, yes, that's Yes, I tried to get Tail of Irv in there last year, and he didn't get in. But he ran second in the Preakness to American Pharaoh. Right. Um, so, with that being said, what will your experience in obviously having, I think, success, at least in my eyes, Dallas, your success at the Kentucky Derby, what have you learned that you'll want to apply this time around with Tom's Ready? Well, we just got to get, you know, we got this horse. This is a horse where he's just got to uh, – get focused you know he kind of tends to lose his focus a little bit when he uh when he trains you know he needs to get a little more serious about about training uh i don't mean on his workouts his workouts are good but his daily gallops he gets to looking around and you know hopefully that'll uh clean up with age and uh hopefully it'll clean up in the next four or five weeks and uh you know he'll continue to get fitter and get more focused and uh you know he's a horse that wants to win he, he showed that uh, he had three seconds in New Orleans, and uh, he's right on the verge of, of making a big step forward, which I thought he did make a big big step forward for the Derby, but we got to continue on. How do you fix a horse's focus? <laughs> I know it's probably a dumb question, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm curious. He wears, uh, he wears blinkers, uh, but just a, a small blinker, a blinder, I guess you would call it a blinker or a blinder, and to help him maintain his focus. But this horse sometimes will turn his head and look at other horses when he's galloping, like, you know, like come join me and stuff. And uh, from time to time, we'll put another horse in front of him where he'll just concentrate on that horse, 
you got to be careful they don't overdo it. Uh, you know, they can't talk to you and tell you that they're tired. So you have to be careful that you don't overtrain them at the same time. Dallas Stewart with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, D. Wayne Lucas, what did he teach you the most about running in these big races? When you got a horse that you believe in, and he showed you some things in, in the workouts, some positive things, some things that make you think that he could be a, a very nice horse. And he runs in some good races, and he, he, and he runs well. And he comes back and he trains better after he runs. You continue to press on. You continue to try to, to challenge him. And, uh, you know, you got to run for the big money, and you're going to have to run faster. And uh, you just don't give up. Wayne never gave up. Never give up. It seems like whether it be D. Wayne Lucas, yourself, trainers who have had multiple horses run in the Derby or as like you like last year at the Preakness, um, does it ever get old? I mean, is it not exciting every time around? You know, we, we're excited every time we compete. You know, on the big stage, you know, actually it's, you know, it really gets you, you know, gets, gets you going, gets you thinking about what you're doing. And, I mean, but the Kentucky Derby is something that you dream about when you're a kid and, you know, and being able, being able to participate for the for the Benson, get into this with them, and having them to have two very very nice horses uh, in in the Kentucky Derby. They hopefully, you know, we stay healthy and be able to compete. It's just a great thing for us and for them. And, and Dallas, I'm a newbie. I know you're always bearing with me with my questions, but how how unique no. is this to have an owner possess two horses in the field? <laughs> well. <laughs> You know, actually, uh, Miss Gale actually said that, uh, you know, Dallas, we're, we're, we know we are very fortunate to be in this position. And, you know, I think she's probably done a little research and she knows that, you know, it just doesn't happen that there's, there's so many horses every year, 30,000 horses, 25,000 horses and, uh, born. And uh, to have two of them in a, in a field of 20, hopefully, is just a major accomplishment. And, you know, it speaks highly, I think, of the people that are working for uh uh, uh, Tom Amos, myself, and hopefully everybody on her staff that we've all, you know, done the right thing and we're having a little bit of luck and hopefully we can bring them, bring home the trophy. Dallas, when you and Tom and Al all, you know, went to Keeneland, uh, and, and purchased these horses, um, take me through if you can, if you can summarize the process from sure. purchasing to now packing for the Kentucky Derby, um, what, <laughs> what would you say about that time period and was there a seminal moment in that time period where you knew it may come down to this? Well, I mean, you know, they gave us uh, an allotment of money, and uh, I actually bought this colt up at Saratoga oh. uh, in, in August of his yearly year. And uh, bought him and just loved him and loved the pedigree, you know, loved the broad broad brush. Uh, that's on the mama's side, knowing that that's an endurance uh, feature, uh, part of his pedigree. And, uh, you know, I bought him two other horses, and I liked both of those very well also. But this horse is the standout of the three that I bought for him. And, uh, you know, we uh, absolutely, we bought we bought these horses thinking about derby, 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 derby all the time, just derby fever and, you know, having um, having them to be able to compete in it, uh, bringing, them, bringing them this far. Uh, we just got five more weeks to go, I believe it is. But, uh, we, you know, we just got to keep them healthy and get them in there. Dallas, for those uh, like me who um, have a, a genuine interest but not yet uh, a, a wealth of knowledge, what are the next five weeks like uh, for not only you but the horse and the jockey? 
Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the horses are going to arrive here tomorrow, and we're going to freshen them up a little bit. And uh, their first workout won't be very – they'll have daily routine exercise gallops. And then after about two weeks, they'll have a, a workout, you know, not a real fast workout. And that will kind of give them a little bit of stretch their legs. We'll kind of see how they're feeling, see how their energy is. And then hopefully, you know, we'll be able to start stepping it up after that. Uh, you know, the works will get more intense. Uh, about two weeks leading up to the Derby, uh, you can feel the intensity around the track. You can feel the intensity in the air. You know, the week before the, the, week before the Derby, I mean, it just gets intense. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of media people here and just, I mean, you can just feel it. So, um, you know, you want to keep your cool and, and, and train your horse and focus on your horse and fine tune him and, uh, Get him over there. I'm just a couple lengths away from, from winning one of these, so I just got to get it done. Dallas, you're right there. Do you have a good luck charm or any superstition that you're willing to share that will come into play that maybe we can watch for? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just believe in what I do, and um, I, I just believe that this is what, I, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I need to do, and, and I feel fortunate to be in this position, and I feel blessed to have the people working for me and my family supports me, and uh, – Sleep good at night and get in there and do my do the best job that I can. You got a lot of folks behind you, Dallas. You know, GMB Racing is now New Orleans team, as you know. <laughs> I figured it would be just like that, too. I'm telling you, New Orleans does get behind you. Dallas, congratulations. Thanks for the visit. I, I, I don't want to interrupt your schedule, but I hope that we'll visit again before that, that oh, big sure. uh, weekend in May. Yeah, you can check in, you know, weekly or something. We, uh, you know, we can give you some, some updates and, uh, um, you know, it's going to be fun. Hopefully both horses will make it over there healthy for them. And, and uh, it was very unfortunate that their other horse got blocked. And, uh, you know, it was just, I mean, I couldn't believe the ride that he got. I mean, I hate to blame Corey, but, man, it just, <laughs> it was terrible. You know, the horse the horse might have won the race. He might have been second. He might have been third. I mean, who knows? It's just you know, it's just just a shame to see that because he's such a nice horse in Motown. Yep. And, and now, look. Now you're both there, and uh, do you wipe? Is it in a sense? Do you wipe the slate clean and let's just go get this thing? Yeah, I mean that's all you can do. You know, you just got to make sure your horse is healthy and uh, train him up and uh, and get him over there and uh, try to go win it. You know. All right, Dallas. Good luck. We're pulling for you. Thank you, sir. Yep, Dallas Stewart with us, trainer of Tom's Ready, off to run for the roses here in the next five weeks. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Summer is coming and Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keeps offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keeps and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keeps. 
If you haven't experienced our new and improved sideline premier seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action, but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline premier seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, it was a great show to start with. Then it got really, really good. Thanks again to Dallas Stewart, who was able to kind of pop in as a surprise guest here on this Monday. Did you learn a lot? I did. I learned a lot about yes. about the Kentucky Derby and everything. So it was yes. good. It was nice talking to him. And Mike Breen, too. Good stuff. Uh, again, Pelicans and Knicks tonight at the Smoothie King Center at 7 Pelicans planner is done, right, Bree? Yep. So Big check, week. It, you, you have a different episode each day, correct? Correct. So you go back to pelicans.com each day, check in with Bree, yep. get your Pelicans planner. She mentioned earlier in the show that, yes, there's a road game on Wednesday at San Antonio and then Thursday at home against Phoenix before we leave for the East Coast all the way on the weekend. That seems like a long way away. All right. Um, as the Saints announced earlier today, Nick Fairley is in. Uh, the free agent defensive tackle has signed a one-year deal, as announced by Mickey Loomis. 6'4", 308 pounds, uh, <laughs> plenty of resume there. Originally selected 13th overall, first-round pick by the Lions um, a while back. That was the 2011 draft. He's an Auburn guy. Um, so that's two now former Rams because he was with the Rams last year. So Fairley and Laronitis now coming from the Rams uh, to the uh, Saints uh, he's from Saints country, Mobile, Alabama. I mean, that's Saints yeah, country. Right around the corner. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's on the way to the beach. That's the way I always look at Mobile. That's terrible. True. Great town. Great town. <laughs> um, and so I think tomorrow we're looking at Nick Fairley joining us. Daniel Sallerson will be hosting tomorrow. Is that right, Daniel? Trying to get, we're efforting for Nick Fairley tomorrow. This is, this is good news. This is where my soapbox comes in. Remember I said a little soapbox? Yeah. What's, okay. what's that about? All right. So. Every time I turn around, I'm going to make some people angry here. Every time I turn around, I read, well, the Saints have this many dollars left. This is how many dollars the Saints have left. Well, when so-and-so's new contract goes on the books, well, then it'll be down to this. How are they going to do this? How are they going to sign graphics? Nobody really knows the number or the numbers other than Mickey Loomis and his staff, Sean Payton, too because of restructuring or talks they've had with guys about restructuring, the specifics about signing bonuses and all that stuff. So I get a little irritated. When people make that those comments. As if they're hard and fast facts. Because I think it gets fans all in a, a tizzy. Yeah. I've heard I've heard complaints. I, I just I don't I, I have yet to I've yet to be in this market and watched Mickey Loomis come out and say, huh, well we, we ran out, <laughs> or, well, we screwed up, we got to cut so-and-so. There have been maneuvers before. These guys have worked this cap, and have they been up against it? Sure. Has it seemed strapped at times? Yes. I just, I, let's, let's stay away from the hard and fast numbers until we really, really know. I know it's the nature of the business that I work in, you're dabbling in here a little bit, mm -hmm. that we love to get right to it. Yeah. We want to be as smart as we want to be. All those things. I just pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, a lot of times, too, it's just 
people trying to have something to complain about, something to worry about. They, I mean, people don't know. They just start talking just to talk. Okay. I don't I know. I just want to let them do their thing, and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll report on what happens. Yeah. Not what we think is going to happen. I mean, everyone wants to be, predict and give their opinion. Sure, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm being a party pooper on this. Oh, it's okay. Probably. <laughs> All right, good show today. Um, did we forget anything? I'm sure we did. Um, not that I can think of. By the way, UConn won by 60 points over the weekend <laughs> in women's basketball. Is that, girls. is that boring or do you like dominant teams? I I personally prefer a good matchup, but because watching a blowout is never fun. I mean, that's why we have things like the All-Star Game because you're putting the best players out there against each other and it's a good show. So when it's just a blowout like that, then it's kind of just like, okay, we get it. But can't you appreciate how great <laughs> that team is? They won oh, 70 in a row. I mean, and... yeah, if I was on the team or like rooting for that school, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, drive it home. Like give them everything, you know, but, but you're saying... as a, as somebody just watching the game, I prefer a good, like, I like the nail biters where it comes down to the last couple minutes of the game. All right. Maybe, maybe UConn gets a game at the final four in Houston. I don't see it. Um, but Nobody said the Bulls were boring in the 90s. Nobody said Tiger was boring when he dominated golf. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's calling the Warriors bad for basketball right now. Very true. <laughs> Just, you know, thought I'd worth, I'd, it was worth noting on my way out. I went from a great mood to kind of salty here, all in the span of yeah, one black and blue report. Stop being so salty. Is uh, it because I called you out earlier? No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> To talk to Tremera because I'm sure she spilled the beans. You did not listen to that black. I totally did listen to it. <laughs> I said, I bet I said one of my favorites, and Bree, you're one of my favorites. Too. I'm gonna go back and listen. Oh, thank you. Yes. I was waiting for you to say it. You I'll never wait said it. End. <laughs> I waited till the end. That'll do it for us. It's good for me to get out of Studio B. I think at this time, Daniel Salerson. Um, not because I'm going to be suspended, but. Daniel will be your Tuesday host tomorrow. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. We're hoping for Nick Fairley. Can't wait to hear from him as he is now a member of the Black and Gold, too. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Don't forget the ball game tonight. Go Pelicans. And we'll talk to you next time here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.